Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And welcome in Link Kick is live. It is Tuesday night, September 13th, year of our Lord, 2022. Brought to you, as always, by our friends at Academy Sports and Outdoors. There's something happening. You may feel it, but I don't think a lot of you know it yet. I do, however, think a lot of you are going to like it. If I know our audience like I think I do, we are jam-packed, high atop, beautiful, gorgeous downtown Nashville, Tennessee. Full week three predictions tonight. We've got best bets tonight. I think we're rolling out five of them. I've got a new JP poll. Moments from now, significant shakeup all around the top 25. It's not just a top two thing, although we may have movement at the top. And like I just said, something's happening. Those of you who were around last year, pretty much all of you, you remember how crazy that year was. And then some of the casuals out there told you, didn't they? They said it's all going to be back to normal in the year of our Lord 2022. Is it? Is it? I'm looking at a fancy screen you don't even get to see via our shots. But is it back to normal? I don't know. We will discuss. Apollo, Pennsylvania is tuned in. Fredericktown, Missouri is tuned in. Hartsville, South Carolina. Manhattan, Kansas. After tonight's show, uh, so like, I don't know, an hour, 45 minutes, an hour and a half from now, I'm going to head down to Auburn, Alabama. We will be live. The show itself will be live from Auburn Thursday. Now, here's what I don't know, because this is the first time we've taken a show on the road like this. I don't know if I'm supposed to invite people. You know, Big Game Dane's going to be there, so it's his christening for Late Kick 2022. But um, I'll, I'll just give you this advice. We won't be hard to find, so search if you want to close to the stadium Thursday night, and we'll be around. I don't even know if I'm supposed to tell you that or not, but it's going to be a fun time down there. I, I have been asking you guys to do two simple things. You know, this show's free. We're always going to keep it free if you just do a couple of things. And wow, you've been doing it. Like the video. It's as easy as clicking the thumbs up button and subscribing to the channel. We added something like 1,700 subs yesterday. We had the highest traffic in the history of the show yesterday. I don't want to bore you with that. I just want to thank you for it. So let's dive into the show tonight. We got a Tuesday night's a busy night for us. We got a lot of predictions to make and we got a lot of updating to do. What's the biggest game of this weekend to you? It's an interesting slate because there's not that one top 10 versus top 10 headline game. But I am telling you right now, even though we're going to the Auburn Penn State game, I think this Miami Texas A&M game is so loaded. I don't care if you're a fan of either team or not. You could be a Colorado fan for all I care. You could be the offensive coordinator at North Dakota State. This game has everything. You've got a program in desperation mode already in Texas A&M, and wow, like what a drama-filled week it's been since they lost to App State. You've got Miami, 
somehow out of the spotlight right now, very quietly in ascension mode. You know, you got Mario Cristobal his first year there. What if they go on the road and get that win, which would be program defining for Mario and company, but would also coincide with just a total and complete meltdown of biblical proportions in College Station, because that will, of course, mean we got more of what we saw last week, essentially. So, boy, in the portal era, you just look at this kind of stuff differently. And I'm not just talking about A&M. Anyone who recruits at a high level in the portal era, you have to always keep in the back of your mind, if a season goes sideways, especially for a team with high expectation, you've always got to worry about departures. That's just the name of the game. I know no one likes to talk about it, but all that's in play here. Also, these two, for all we know, could be recruiting against each other for the time being and for years to come. Man, there's so much to talk about here. If A&M wins, I just want to put this out there as we dive into the prediction. If they win, it will sort of steady things out there. But I got to remind you guys, it's only September. And we've seen vulnerability elsewhere in the SEC West already. And they're undefeated in conference play, mind you. So there's still plenty of time for A&M to get right. Let's dive in. I've heard this sentence a lot. I think most of you have probably said a version of this sentence. It starts a little something like this. Well, if Texas A&M plays the way they did last Saturday, fill in the blank. Miami will beat them. Miami will skull drag them. They won't win seven games, whatever. Well, A&M may win. They may lose this Saturday. I will give you a pretty sure guarantee on my end. The last thing I expect from Texas A&M Saturday is for them to look like they did last Saturday. That's not guaranteeing a win because you can look better than you did last Saturday and still lose to a Miami team, which in their own right has some weapons and has the ability to beat you in a couple of different ways. But in college football, a lot of times, you see the best performance usually after the worst performance. And there's a reminder of the horror story that was the A&M App State box score from the other day. A lot of times people predicate their next week's picks on last week's result. And when you get a bad result, the, the last thing you want to do is predict a duplicate result the following week. Because there's never a higher level of motivation to change it. And there is maximum pressure this week on that roster on the quarterback room, we'll talk about it in a second, but think about that coaching staff. Jimbo talked about giving up play calling duties at his press conference yesterday. Not voluntarily, mind you. He was asked about it. What I wish they would have asked is, are you willing to change systems? No one asked if you're willing to change the offense. I digress. That, organiza that entire organization at AM, for all intents and purposes, has their season on the line this week. So, there is no motivation to do the things they did last week because they don't want the result they got last week. So whatever we get this week, I think it'll look different. So with that out of the way, what does Texas A&M need to do here? Give you a couple of keys I'll be watching for each team. This thing doesn't kick off until 9 Eastern, by the way. Oh, y'all got a problem with big noon kickoff. Nobody wants to hate on the fact that a certain other network is starting this game at 9 Eastern. Gross. Meemaw would shudder at the very thought of this. Texas A&M needs to affect Tyler Van Dyke. They didn't do a good job of this last week. And it's not that App State put up a bunch of points, but they couldn't get them off the field. That's how they ran 82 plays to Texas A&M's 38. They could not affect the quarterback enough. They were disruptive on the line of scrimmage, which this sounds kind of counterintuitive, but they did not get home. They didn't get to the quarterback. Here's my worst case scenario for Texas A&M Saturday. Tyler Van Dyke and this Still evolving Miami offense. They are not clicking yet. They absolutely are not. They go in, and you don't get to him early, and he completes a couple of big throws a la Quinn Ewers against Alabama last week, and then all of a sudden, 
there it is. The Miami passing game's in rhythm. Josh Gaddis is calling the game of the year for him. That's not what I want if I'm A&M. Got to affect them early. Okay, because I, I can be pretty sure they're not going to run the ball down our throats. They're not going to do that. Now, the other side of that is even if you do affect them, you know, and even if you do set them up in a lot of third and longs, they got to be able to get off the field. In Texas A&M, this is not a poverty defense. They absolutely have the personnel on both sides of the ball, but especially defense, to play a whole heck of a lot better than they did last week. That's why I do not advise selling this team down the river yet. Because if, if, it was a, if it was a locker room that was void of talent, and if it was a coaching staff that was void of the ability to develop and salvage, that'd be one thing. That's not this program. This program's still capable. This team's still capable of a whole lot, but... Not many big plays last week for them on offense against App, but they could not get home defensively. They couldn't get off the field defensively, and it cost them. So you look at Miami now. What I'm saying sounds easy. They're good in pass pro. Run blocking, they got it to do Saturday. But Miami pass pro, one of the strengths of their offensive line, I just, it's not impossible, but it's a challenge to take that quarterback, Tyler Van Dyke, on the road, it's their first time out on the road. Like I said, there's a lot new offensively with Miami. They need execution from the wide receiver position. You know, I, I don't know how much you've watched them so far this year. There have been two what should be layup games for Miami. But remember back in spring and then remember in fall camp, one of the themes with that Miami offense was drops from the wide receiver position. goes back to last year. They can't have that crop up Saturday. Stands to reason. They can't have that. There's still a five and a half point dog, and that's with as bad as AM looked the other day. There is a lot of talking around AM right now about who's going to start at quarterback in this game. I was reading over on uh, Texags, I think Billy just put up a practice report a little bit earlier today that essentially said they're splitting reps with the ones out there. So Haynes King, still taking reps. Max Johnson, the LSU transfer, taking reps with the ones. A lot of people are biding their time until the Connor Wegman name enters that conversation. Doesn't sound like he's in there right now. Who starts the game? Question number one. Is that who finishes the game? Question number two. How many easy completions can Jimbo Fisher get his quarterback? Uh, This is, to me, what separates play callers. I don't question play calling. I never do it. I'm not qualified to do it. and, And neither are a majority of the people who do do it. But the one thing from a very simple perspective that the best coordinators do in the college game is they find a way to get easy completions. They find a way to create space early. Uh, Sark is masterful at it. And I'm not saying you need to be Steve Sarkeesian, but my goodness, if your MO is play calling, if you've been in this game as long as Jimbo Fisher has, I got a bank on you being able to do that. And that's been one of the shortcomings of his offense over the last several years. I'm not going to, I'm not going to hold up the milk jug again. That, that got serious run, but I'm just saying if you want to see a different result, have a different start. And if you want to have a different start, give me some easy completions. Scheme guys open. That doesn't mean throw it deep. That actually is conversely meaning work the underneath stuff and at least get some rhythm in the offense. I have a feeling about this thing. I did the moment that that App State game ended. I think for better, not for better or for worse, but for better, you'll see an inspired performance from A&M Saturday. We know what history says about this game. History, if you've watched this game, if you've observed this game, let me put it that way, for a long time, when these supremely talented teams put forth the effort and result they did last week, you know what happens the next week. 
When they have the benefit of home crowd on their side, you really know what happens. When they're facing a first-year staff and an offense still settling in, and they do outclass the opponent physically, you know what's supposed to happen. A&M is supposed to make betters look stupid Saturday because a lot of them are going to be preying on Miami plus the points. Give me anyone plus points against A&M, and it's supposed to be 30-13, to 13, Texas A&M wins the ballgame. That's what it's supposed to be. I am not going to give you a margin of victory here tonight. What I am going to do is show you what Vegas thinks about the game, and I'm going to show you what our model thinks about the game. Like a lot of you, I was disgusted with what I saw from A&M last week. Uh, Like some of you, I am very high on Miami this year. I think that they may very well play for the ACC championship game. I think it's a very bad spot for Miami Saturday for a number of reasons. I think the game you're going to see Texas A&M play is going to lead to them winning. It's going to lead to them covering. And furthermore, it's going to lead to you saying, how did this team I'm watching today lose to App State just seven days ago? That's what I expect to get from them Saturday. There is a world where I'm wrong and Mario Cristobal goes in there and does to A&M what he did to Ohio State last year when he was at Oregon. And buddy, do not miss the Sunday show if that happens. But I'm going to ride historical norms in this sport. And I'm going to ride a lot of, you know, what our model thinks. Because the model has A&M minus six. So we're even a little bit more bullish on the Aggies than the odds makers are. I think it's a little early for Miami. They're going to learn from it now. I think they'll be better for this. Could still very well accomplish all their goals this year. I'm going to take A&M to win. I'm going to take A&M to cover. I think you'll watch a much, much different looking team. Same team, same group of guys, much different looking performance this Saturday. Wherever you are, I really hope you stop by Academy Sports and Outdoors before you go to that place. You may be tailgating in College Station. Hey, some of you from Miami may be making your first and only trip to College Station. Great place. Love it. You know, I'm, frankly, I'm a little tired of folks hating on the, uh, the yell leaders out there. I mean, the dude sounded stupid. Yes. Yeah, it was a horrific video. If you don't know what I'm talking about, don't even worry about it. But man, I love the traditions at A&M. Love them. And the more you guys hate on them, the more that I back into the corner with them. So if you go out there, take it in. It's called culture. They got a different one there than you have in Ann Arbor, Michigan, than you have in Blacksburg, Virginia. It's not supposed to all be neatly packaged and look the same on the shelf like the pro game. It's supposed to feel that way, okay? So if you go out there, enjoy it, soak it in. It's not going to remind you of South Florida, nor should it. But you know what can look the same? An Academy canopy? One of those Yeti coolers from Academy? It can look the exact same in Coral Gables as it can in College Station. They, being Academy Sports and Outdoors, are our exclusive partner. They're the presenting sponsor of this show. It is Late Kick, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. And if you can't get there in person, and believe me, you're missing out if you can't, but if you can't get there in person, academy.com has everything you need. I challenge you, within reason, bring me a list of products they don't have. I mean, because I'm going to hit you fivefold with products they do have. So as always, thank you guys, because you go there. I mean, turnstiles are spinning nonstop at Academy because of you. Nick, our, our crack sales associate for the show, hit me up earlier and he said, I'm going to read you his text so that if we're not allowed to say this on air, he gets in trouble and not me. No, it's not that. Don't worry, HR. He said, and I quote, Even with inflation, Academy stock keeps going up. That's thanks to you. I can't take all the credit for Academy stock being through the roof. I'll just take like probably 60% of it. And that's really on you. That's not on me. So thank you so much for that. 
All right, it's time to make everyone mad and no one happy. Let me straighten my mic so at least I can smile. JP poll, week three. These are not rankings. These are power ratings. If they were rankings, we would have had Utah ahead of Florida last week. Uh, well, we would have had Florida ahead of Utah. Colin, forget that intro. That's terrible for the VO. Here we go. JP poll time. Week three. These are not rankings. These are power ratings. It is who the model would rank and rate and then favor above who on a neutral field tomorrow. Uh, we take this strategy. When we're moving teams up and down, doesn't always matter if you won or lost because it's, it's predictive, it's future looking. But also, if you, I haven't used this metaphor in a while, so I think I can use it today. If you take a plate, these papers will be plates, but not a paper plate. If you take a plate and you put a drop of honey and you put a drop of water on the plate and then you turn the plate sideways, the water falls off. That's how most people react to individual outcomes. The honey just starts slowly creeping towards the bottom of the plate. That's how a power rating system reacts because it knows that a team does not change by six or seven points over the span of one Saturday afternoon unless they lose their starting quarterback. And so with that in mind, you're probably going to see some teams that you think are awful right now rated higher than you think they should be. And then those same teams will have resurrected their seasons a month from now, yada, yada, yada. So let's start at 25. We'll run through it right quick. I will uh, post this, of course, as always, on social. Florida State is rated. They didn't play last week. You may wonder, how did that happen? Well, it's because there was some movement elsewhere. They were already like 26 or 27. FSU has entered the power rating at number 25. Uh, we got Baylor. They dropped several spots. It's important to keep in mind. We've got this logjam of teams in the 10 to 25 range, and there just isn't a big gap between the teams. So you could fall eight spots and only fall like two and a half points. So that's what Baylor did. Florida's at 22. Cincinnati is at 21. Let's take a look at this top 20. Kentucky has elevated, I believe, to number 20. Yeah, there they are. So the Cats are up to 20. I know that some of you want them higher. Understand how to interpret that game the other night and understand 20 is a very, very high power rating for Kentucky. Kansas State was not power rated last week and they're in front of Ole Miss at number 18. Kansas State plays Oklahoma next week. Just keep that in mind. Potential every given Saturday tour implications, might I add? Just keep that in mind. Uh, Miami, uh, this is going to be inexplicable in a lot of your minds. Miami won last week, and they're down seven spots. Uh, Miami dropped, I want to say, three quarters of a point or like one point. There's just a big log jam. I mean, little fractions of an inch are the difference here. Uh, Michigan State's still at 16. Top 15 time. Texas A&M, that's where they are. Somebody said they shouldn't be ranked, and that's, you can rank them wherever you want to. I'm telling you, a power rating system is going to have Texas A&M still favored over pretty much every team you saw behind them. Oklahoma State is continuing to rise. They're up to 14 now. They handled business last week. Uh, Texas jumped five spots. I believe they jumped a half a point, even in a loss. So Texas is 13. Now, look, it's important to note the quarterback situation there is very much up in the air. They may start Charles Wright. Charles Wright's a softball legend from Columbus, Georgia, but he's also the third-string quarterback at Texas, and he may get the start Saturday against UTSA. So, beep, beep, right into Austin. Here come the Roadrunners, and they may be drawing the third-string quarterback. And I'm looking at that, and I'm saying, like I said with Ian Fitzsimmons and Gabe Eichert on Sirius Big 12 today, I said, look, if that defense at Texas is what they looked like they may be against Bama, they can win that game 19-10. to 10. That defense needs to win a game for Texas Saturday. 
I say all that to say eh, Texas is up there, assuming that Hudson Card's the quarterback. And with Quinn Ewers as quarterback, we probably power rate him higher, but they don't have him right now. So Texas is at 13. The most underrated team in the country. It is criminal that they're not ranked by the AP. It's stupid. It's not criminal. It's stupid. They are 12th. Mississippi State is 12th. I told you two weeks ago, and I got roundly chastised for it. I told you Mississippi State is going to be a favorite when they go to LSU. I think some of you may believe they're only favored because LSU lost in week one. That is not the case. I'm telling you if LSU won against Florida State, this point spread would still look pretty much the same. Maybe Mississippi State minus one instead of minus two or two and a half. They, in the eyes of odds makers and me, are looked at way differently than voters. So we're right. Voters will be slow on the uptake. We're right about Mississippi State. They're at 12. USC. I'm glad the model has to do this and not me. I don't know how to handle USC. I was watching them on the flight home the other night, and there are moments. They're, they're going to be the classic highlight team this year. They're going to be moments from USC games where if you just watch the post-game highlights, they look like vintage Pete Carroll USC. There's going to be some inconsistency. I think they're going to get better as the weeks go on if they don't have massive amounts of injuries because there's still so many new parts to them. We got USC at 11. They're, they're real good. They're, they're really good and have the potential to be better than just real good. Let's go to the top 10. No, it's, it's not dead air. Just, just give me a minute if you're listening on podcasts because I have to collect my thoughts because we have Tennessee at number 10. And I know sometimes you have statements. They're like fixed default statements that you use. And you say, so-and-so is not a top 10 team. So-and-so is a number 10 team. This is all relative to the rest of the teams in the country right now. So this year's week three number 10 team could be 2015 week three's number 18 team. It, it all depends on what the current status of the rest of the country looks like. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tennessee, we got it number 10. Penn State, we got it number 9. Are they playing the caliber of football that you in your mind think is top 10 caliber? Maybe, maybe not. In this particular year so far, the model thinks they are. 
Utah, we have not really done anything with. We've kept them where we've had them all year. We've got them at number eight. Arkansas is probably who we're higher on than most. I have a $100 bet um, because he wouldn't go higher with Brandon Walker on over eight wins with Arkansas. That was made last night, not in the preseason. He actually let me get two games into the year and still gave me eight. Whatever. I mean, look, when, when I come upon fools, it's not my job to teach them and educate them. It's my job to take their money. So I will have a lot of fun with that $100 from him in December. Arkansas is our number seven team in the country right now. Oklahoma, number six. Oklahoma is going to Nebraska Saturday. Oklahoma, I don't care who throws caution to the wind in Lincoln, Nebraska. Oklahoma should take care of business as a two-touchdown favorite. And I'm very interested to see if they do. Let's hop into the top five. There's not a lot of movement, except there is in the top five. Clemson's still five. Michigan's still four. Ohio State's still three. Not only did Bama drop to two and Georgia rise to one, I can tell you right now we would favor Georgia by two and a half against Bama if they played in Atlanta Saturday. So that is a, a pretty noteworthy shift in what the model would spit out because I think it probably would have been inverted or maybe even Bama minus three this time last week. So there you go. The model does like Georgia right now as the best team in the country. And you know what? I can't disagree with the model. And even if I do, it's a computer, so it can't talk back to me. Top 10 in order, Georgia, Bama, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, Ohio State, or Oklahoma rather, Arkansas, Utah, Penn State, and Tennessee. I'm sure none of that will change at all by this time next week. They're watching us in Fort Worth, Texas, Winder, Georgia, and Battle Creek, Michigan. Is that not home to Rob Van Dam, Mr. Monday Night? I think it is home to Rob Van Dam. Thank you, Jesse. Big week coming up for Jesse, by the way. There's, no, I'm not going to tell you that. Never mind. Just a big week coming up for Jesse. There you go. Keep him in your thoughts and prayers. Do you see what's happening right now? Do you feel what's happening right now? See, what do you remember? What do you guys remember about 2021? Let me take a little, take a little sip of the special stuff here. Mm, really strong stuff. Non-alcoholic. What do you remember? about that wild year last year. Well, you remember it was wild, of course. You remember it was chaotic. A lot of adjectives out there. But here's probably also what you remember. When the dust settled, you had Pitt winning the ACC. You had Utah winning the Pac-12. Look at all this iJosh footage. This is all from last year. All this stuff happened in one Renaissance season. We called it the Renaissance Tour. Baylor won the Big 12. Michigan won the Big 10. Cincinnati makes the playoff. I mean, we had spectacle after spectacle after spectacle. We were apart, personally. I was on the field for three field stormings. There's a, a snow globe game in Michigan that we're at. This is so long ago. We watched Georgia beat Clemson in week one and Kirby Smart act like a 10-year-old. There we are ringing in the new year in Miami after Georgia splattered Michigan. What an incredible year. But do you remember... As we talk about all the chaos and we look at the Renaissance Tour from last year and all the things we got to see, do you remember summer of 2021? Where were you during Preview Magazine season 2021? Boy, when you cracked those things open, you did what most people are supposed to do. There's our Preview Magazine. Smell the pages. And then we start flipping through and we see, huh, Clemson, overwhelming favorite to win the ACC. Oklahoma, preseason number one. Spencer Rattler, Heisman favorite. Oklahoma's going to run away with the Big 12. Let's continue. Ohio State, 
I mean, should they even tee it up in the Big Ten? Nope. Buckeyes, straight to the playoff. Bama, going to run roughshod or shot, whichever one it is, over the SEC. Hey, we haven't had some casuals go as far as to say, why even play the games? It's going to be the same four teams, even though it's never been. Probably never will be. And then we played the season anyway, just for the heck of it. And uh, Clemson, not in the playoff. Not even in the ACC championship game. Oklahoma, nowhere to be found. Ohio State, not in the Big Ten championship game. Bama wins the SEC, goes to the national championship game. But we had Cincy come out of nowhere. They told you a G5 team could never make the playoff. The point is, what, what was thought to be so predictable in the summer was anything but predictable. And then the same casuals lined up and they had the audacity to look you and me in the eye and say, hope you enjoyed it while you could, simpleton. You'll never get that again. It's going to be back to normal next year. Is it? This isn't even a paper pop. This is a paper pat. Are we back to normal? Are you paying attention? I know you guys are paying attention. I'm kind of asking maybe some newbies that just happen to stumble upon the show. Uh, are you paying attention to what's happening right now? I would suggest to you, friends, that even though we're calling this year's tour the Every Given Saturday Tour, we could have a re-Renaissance season right upon us, and no one's even picking up on it. Think about what you've seen already. Uh, it is tonight, September 13th. We're just entering week three. You've already seen Bama bleed. You've already seen Ohio State extremely vulnerable against a bad Notre Dame team. Clemson, the results are still very incomplete with them. I mean, half the folks who are buying into them are only buying into them because they think there'll be a quarterback switch in midseason, me included. And there's no way that a giant is coming out of the Pac-12, even if USC is what they look like right now. Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. That's the one team that so far has not shown a single crack in the veneer. Oregon couldn't get it done against them. They splattered whoever they played last week. And they go on the road this week. And they are a 24-and-a-half point favorite in South Carolina. If you look on the side of your screen here, if you're watching on YouTube, producer Jesse put together some helpful trends. Because we are we're about nothing if we're not about trends around here. Last year, ranked teams just losing in the first two weeks. 13 of them lost in weeks one and two last year. We've already had 11 lose in the first two weeks this year. Top 10 upsets to unranked foes last year. We've already had more. We've had three of them this year than we had last year. One. We continue. Five of the top 12 teams in the preseason college football playoff odds have already lost. A lot of churn. Uh, the Renaissance Tour, by the way, last year, we saw five one-possession games in person. We're two for two this year so far. And I can almost guarantee you we'll make it three for three this Saturday because whomst amongst Penn State and Auburn is about to win a double-digit game this weekend. I don't see it happening. My point is, this is already going to be another renaissance season. I think even if Georgia does what they did last year and they just death march their way to Atlanta, but man, you really want to know what will make it feel like anyone's ball game is if Georgia gets staggered. They don't have to lose. If Georgia just gets staggered, now I'm telling you it'll be this way even if they don't get staggered. This is wide open. I don't think people realize how wide open it is because it's so early, but Bama's, Bama's not some, some impenetrable machine that maybe they were expected to be, or at least they're not right now. Uh, ditto for Ohio State. Now, I am a believer that some of these teams are going to round into form 
because uh, it's September and God made October and November for a reason. But right now it's wide open. And that's also why for the second time tonight, I'm going to tell you, be careful writing these teams off. And I'm talking about Texas A&M, talking about NC State, Penn State. Like some of these teams have lost. Some of them haven't lost. I'm just saying, be careful writing a team off just because they look bad in September. Every year, teams round into form. Several of them round into form. It'll be no different this year. You don't know who it's going to be, but someone or multiple someones out there are going to be a much different product and version of themselves in November than they are right now. How wide open is the playoff picture and the conference championship picture going to be at that point? I think pretty wide open. And we, like I said, we haven't even entered week three. So Renaissance season 2.0, dare I say an encore for the Renaissance season. I think so. And you should be very excited about that. We are going to be in Auburn, Alabama Saturday. The Every Given Saturday Tour is headed to Lee County, Alabama. And we are going there because Penn State is playing Auburn. Penn State is a three or two and a half point favorite, depending on what time of day you check your odds, Borb. Uh, this is going to be fun. We were at this game last year, Whiteout in Happy Valley, one of the best experiences I've ever had in my college football life. It was, like I described it, a pro wrestling event in a football stadium. What an environment. And what a game. 28 to 20 was the final last year. Penn State gets the better of Auburn. That was once upon a time when Bo Nix played quarterback for the Auburn Tigers. It's still Clifford at Penn State. It could be the title of a book now. It's still Clifford. I was thinking about something today. Because I know that if, you, if you've watched Auburn so far this year, they've looked bad. I mean, bad. Offensively. If you figure out what they're doing, let me know. But the point is, like I just said, don't be selling teams down the river, especially ones with talent rosters as good as Auburn's. Bud puts out that blue chip ratio every year, and there's Auburn just kind of hovering in that 10 to 15, 17 range, better than you think they are, more talented than you think they are. They got home field at their back Saturday, and pretty much the entire country picking against them. So I told Jesse, uh, who is Penn State through and through, I asked Jesse, hey, get me something. You know, find me something for the audience to chew on. Like, what would jump out to people? Because a lot of folks cannot get it through their minds that Auburn could win this game Saturday. You think it'll be competitive. You think it'll be a nice, hostile environment, good test for Penn State. But you trust Penn State's offense more. You, you may trust their defense more. You just think they have more game changers. And you know what? You're not wrong. Penn State's a better team than Auburn. I think they got a better talent roster than Auburn. And you know what? I don't know if everyone realizes that, but they do. But I want you to listen to this little stat here. First off, you may think James Franklin, when he was at Vandy, played a game at Auburn. He did not. He played against them. He did not play at Auburn. So he's never been in there. It's a new environment for all of them. James Franklin's been at Penn State quite a while. He has played 37 games on the road at Penn State. If you had to guess... What would you say James Franklin's road record as head coach of Penn State is? Play the Jeopardy music in the background if you want to. I'm going to give you about seven or eight more seconds. James Franklin on the road at Penn State. I said 24 and 13, I think is what I guessed. He's 19 and 18. He's barely above 500 on the road. Just tuck it in the back of your mind. It may matter Saturday. It may not. Which Penn State offense do you think will show up here? Because I would talk to pretty much any Penn State buddy I got, 
And you'll probably start by saying, if we run the ball well, ellipsis, well, let me finish the sentence for you. If you run the ball well, you'll win. Yeah, most people can say that. What is well? Because I look at their rushing totals last year, they were bad, okay? So then there, it was emphasized all spring, all summer. They went to Purdue in week one. And their longest run was 12 yards. And they won the game, but I think they averaged 3.1 yards per carry. Would that get the job done Saturday? I can't say no. I definitely can't say yes. Now, last week they played Ohio. Played a really good game. Really complete game for Penn State, which you probably didn't pay attention to because it was Ohio. But you didn't have to watch it. I did for you. Nearly seven yards per carry. Now, if you get that Saturday, I feel pretty good that you're winning the game and probably running away with the game. This time last year, when we were going into this contest, Penn State had 84 rush yards, 2.5 yards per carry. Still found a way to win the game. But I'm asking you, do those numbers work for you Saturday? What do you have to be at? And then a little side note, how many points do you think you need to score? Jesse said 24. I think it may be even lower than that. Which Auburn offense shows up? What is the Auburn offense? While we're at it, could anyone tell me what the Auburn offense is? Last year, it was Tank Bigsby with a, with a little splash of Bo Nix. But Bigsby, well, Auburn in general, ran for 182 yards last year. 4.6 yards per carry. I think they need to be at least at that level, if not probably a little better in terms of yards per carry this year, because there is not, whether it's reality or not, there is not any fear on the Manny Diaz, Penn State defensive side of things when it comes to Auburn throwing the ball. Finley can throw the ball a mile. I'm not sure that they necessarily trust him to be doing that. Uh, this is a very incomplete quarterback picture at Auburn right now. Finley is getting better as a quarterback. He is not at remotely in the category that you would need him to be where Brian Harson and his staff say, all right, TJ, go win us the game. That's not it. And unfortunately, they're really good at tailback and, and deep. So they've got players there. But man, I know it. I know they know it at Penn State, and you can afford to key on it. And I don't know. If, if you're keying on that run game with a defense like Penn State's, I don't know that you're putting up four, four and a half, five yards per carry. I just don't know that they're getting there. So then the next thing you ask is, well, okay, can they loosen that box up? Can Auburn do a little more than I expect them to in the pass game? I don't expect them to do anything. You know why? Javarius Johnson, seven catches on the season for 58, or for 158 yards. Uh, Shanker has five catches for 64 yards. Shedrick Jackson, five, five catches, 64 yards. This is season now. They played two games and, and both of them were layup games. Their leading receiver has seven receptions, 158 total yards. I, I think they're getting a guy back this week. It, there's just not a lot there. And so if Manny Diaz watches Auburn beat him through the air, at some point you got to tip your cap to someone. But there is no way they're about to let Tank Bigsby and Auburn's run game beat them and not sell out to stop it. So then the next question, if you're trying to kind of paint the scenario where Auburn wins this thing, is, well, what about hidden yardage? What about special teams? Therein lies one of the secret weapons that Penn State has. Because as good as Auburn is at place kicker, Penn State has a punter. We're not going to get deep into the special teams game here tonight. But I, he's pinned them inside the five like 40 times already this year, seemingly. They will probably have a disproportionate control of field position Saturday night, which may very well be the difference in this kind of game. So the other thing... Now, I'm kind of, it sounds like I'm leaning Penn State there. The other thing I want to talk about is remember Franklin's record on the road. Also, 
Turnover luck week to week is very random. So far, Auburn's minus four turnovers on the year. Penn State is plus in turnovers on the year. If that statistic flips any one evening, one afternoon, as it were, this Saturday, that's enough in a close, limited possession game, low-scoring game, that's enough to change the outcome. Here we go. Let's take a look at what Vegas thinks. Let's take a look at what the model thinks. This was tough. This was a really tough one. I arrived at my prediction, Colin, would you say about 15 minutes before airtime? And we, we worked on it a long time. I just couldn't make my mind up. Okay, so the Penn State line right now is Nittany Lions minus three. The model agrees. We've got Penn State minus three. And I went back and forth so much. I'm thinking to myself, I've been over there so many times before. I've watched lesser Auburn teams upset much better teams than this Penn State squad even. And I, I've never been able to explain it. I've, I've not been able to explain it after the game happens. There is, there is a path Saturday where Penn State goes down there and they lose. And even afterward, you're saying, how? Like, the box score doesn't suggest we lost? I, I felt good? Like I didn't feel like we were losing. Then we just lost. I can't explain it to you. There's just some crazy stuff that happens down there. Most of you have never been there before. And you probably think to yourself, Oh, we played it. We played at the big house. We played at the horseshoe. We played in Kinnick Stadium. That place isn't going to be anything we haven't seen. Stuff happens. Stuff just happens there. The closest parallel you guys have in the Big Ten is Kinnick Stadium at night, where it doesn't seat the most people in the world. It's just different. Weird stuff happens. And I've been at Auburn too many times and seen it happen. And I've watched these teams that are told by literally everyone, even though the line's only three, and I'll take Penn State in that game. I'm not doing it. I'm taking Auburn to win, and obviously taking Auburn to cover. I think Penn State's better than them. I think they're more talented. I like Penn State's odds better later in the year. I just think Auburn's going to find a way, against not all odds, but against odds, to win this game Saturday. Even though I just said that. I think Penn State folks are going to have a lot of fun down there. It's a great place. Wonderful place. You'll get a really good atmosphere because it's still early in the year. Auburn's undefeated. And um, I look forward to seeing it in person. Saw this game last year in person, and I knew the moment they were walking out of there, and it was a good experience for the Auburn folks who went up there, I know they're going to return the favor. It's not going to be favorable for you, but I know it's going to be favorable in terms of a memorable environment that you get to experience. I'm taking Auburn to win. I don't know what to say. I'm taking Auburn to win. They're booing in my ear as we speak. Very unprofessional, but you know what? I'm going to be the bigger man. Uh, please like the video and subscribe to the channel. That's all of that. It's time for best bets. Now, you can tell who, who the regulars are around here, and you can tell who the newbies are. I love that you guys are new here. We have, I guess, hundreds of thousands. Of, we have hundreds of thousands of new people on the show. Thank you for being here. You've probably watched us pick games the first two weeks and thought, they have no clue how to pick games against the spread. We do. We do. We're sub 500 right now. We won't be at the end of the year. Uh, that model calibrates every week. We'll be fine. It's not the first time we've started a little slow. But what we're not going to do is back off our picks. And those of you who have been here for a while, you get how this works. So, so you know it's probably time for us to click, actually. We're already down on Purdue minus one and a half this week. They play at Syracuse. I got four more of them for you. So let's go. And buddy, you're going to have to hold your nose for some of these. Akron 
plus 47 and a half. They play at Tennessee. There is no interest in Knoxville of stretching this game this week. They just came from Pitt. They're, they got Florida in there next week. They have This game should be in the 35 to 42 range. That's probably about where they should end in terms of margin. 47 and a half, too many points right now. Akron plus 47 and a half. Next up, Colin, I'm just going to follow you. Texas Tech plus 10. They play NC State in Raleigh Saturday. We have, the model thinks Texas Tech has an outside shot of an upset. I'm not going to go that far, but I am going to take them plus the points. Texas Tech plus 10. Next up, it just gets better and better. You're giving me three and a half points with Michigan State, huh? Okay, I'll take it. I think they're going to win outright at Washington. And I'm a little higher on Washington than some people too, but Michigan State's going to go on the road. We are going to take the three and a half. I think it may even be a square number. I think the public will be with us. I don't care. I think we're going to win the game. And lastly, put that clothespin on the nose. Ole Miss goes to Atlanta to play Georgia Tech. The model says Ole Miss wins this by 11. They're giving us 16 and a half with Tech. I don't think the program's mailed it in. I, conversely, don't think we've seen Ole Miss play anything with a pulse. We watched Georgia Tech in week one, and we saw them competitive with Clemson through three and a half quarters, and then the score got lopsided, which is in our favor because most people just look back at final scores. They don't look at games. A couple of plays go different in that game. It's down to the wire. And I think they'll have a little easier time of it against Ole Miss's defense. So we're going to take Georgia Tech plus 16 and a half, Michigan State plus three and a half, Texas Tech plus 10, Akron plus 47 and a half, Purdue minus one and a half. A fair warning to you all. We're not done. Uh, so we got a Thursday night show still to come live from Auburn. Probably tack on some more there. Friday Night Lines is coming up. I added two games last week on Friday Night Lines because we got some line movement in our favor. I mean, you realize we were on Georgia Southern against Nebraska? I didn't move on it until Friday night because the line kept going up and up and up. Turns out we didn't need the points. My point is don't miss a show. Don't miss a show because we're about to get on a roll here one of these weeks, and you don't want to miss it when we do. Also, I want to thank you guys. Had a really positive talk with management today about a number of things related to the show. And some of you complained when I go in detail about this. I don't know why, but it's your show. That's why I do it. Anyway, I'll save you all the details. Some really good stuff's happening for us. This road trip we're taking Thursday, uh, that's cause of you. That's cause someone came in and said, uh, here, take our money. Go on the road. Do whatever you want to do. Don't fly private yet, but do whatever you want to do. Appreciate you guys. I mean, we, we did this independently for a long time. One of these days, since we have so many new people around, when we got some time, I'll, I'll retell the story of the show and how it got here. It's a great story. It's a great story. To quote Mary Chapin Carpenter, everything we got, we got the hard way. What handed to us. And it's a blessing that it was done that way. So I appreciate you guys so much. For producer Jesse, for director Colin, like the video, subscribe to the channel. We'll see you back here same time Thursday night. Take care and God bless.